Welcome to episode nine of the Soul Led Leaders podcast. Today is for you if you're the kind of leader that wants to make sure that your team isn't just performing, but that they're thriving emotionally. And you want to be able to deal with the impact of what's happened over lockdown. You're going to learn seven secret signs that you can spot even if you're on a Zoom call rather than face-to-face, that a member of your team might be struggling emotionally and might need to have a conversation about what kind of support they need. The Soul Led Leaders podcast is for corporate leaders who are making waves and changing the rules with their hearts, not just their heads. But they know that their secret 3am self-talk is getting in the way. Where others stress about the status quo, you're the action taker who drives the changes and making a difference and being a crusader is hardwired into your DNA. The Soul Led Leader podcast is here to help. Led by Claire Yosa, law changer, eight times author and international speaker, each episode is designed to help you to clear out the secret glass ceilings you never realized you'd put in your own way so that you can step up showing up with all of who you really are and reclaim your power to make the difference you know you are really here to make in the world with clarity, confidence and passion. So I ran a workshop yesterday for a major corporation's women's network on natural resilience, the dangers of the classic bounce back gritted teeth resilience for our performance, our mental health and our teams. We also looked at how to use natural empathy to help teams to reform, to rebuild themselves and to be able to handle difficult people and the crazy things we all do as we head out of lockdown into hybrid working or coming back into the office. And One of the things I did early on in the session was to run a breakout room in small groups, just as we would have done if we'd been in a face-to-face workshop and we had 300 women signed up for this session. And I asked them, once they understood the difference between the classic bounce-back resilience and natural resilience, what effect lockdown had really been having on them their teams, their families, and their performance. Now, a lot of these women are high achievers. They come across as outwardly confident. The outside world thinks they are an absolute success. And what came out of the breakout room discussions was really moving. The number of women who were saying, whoa, I've really struggled with lockdown. And this is the first time I've admitted it. I found it emotionally draining. I found it hard juggling schooling, homeschooling my children and getting my work done or the extra cooking and cleaning as well as getting my work done. And where I thought that not having the commute would be amazing, actually that time has been swallowed up by other things. One of the other key things that came out was the number of these women who'd been doing 14 hour days or more to be able to get everything done because of the level of interruption they had from having their children around or having their carer responsibilities. Then we moved on to the emotional load, the the huge change we've all been through. If we look at it from the world of yoga, this is the base chakra, which is at the bottom of the spine, our sense of security and identity and safety. If you look at it from the point of view of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's the bottom of his triangle. Am I safe? Do I have what I need to survive? We've just been through a number of months where every single media outlet has been telling us that everyone we love is about to die. And if we dare to step outside of our houses, we're going to get this terrible disease. Whether or not that is true, the level of fear that people have been living through is quite phenomenal. And yet, employers have been expecting them just to keep on going. With the occasional seminar on mental health from some and attempts to support. But what happens when people are taken out of everything that's familiar for them is they revert to their stress responses. And we all have our favourite go-to 
stress responses. One of the things that's been happening as we've gone from face-to-face working to working through screens is it's much easier to hide how you're feeling. The other thing that's been added in, because suddenly it's so much easier to schedule meetings with extra people because they don't have to travel to the meeting room anymore, is the meeting load has gone through the roof. I'm seeing people who are regularly eight hours a day on meetings and then suddenly they get one slotted into their lunch break and they're meant to be doing everything else at all. And it's massively increased their workload. We have become meeting addicted because scheduling one is as easy as clicking a button on an email. So what came out of this breakout session yesterday was how many of these women suddenly felt a huge wave of relief that they weren't the only one that was hiding the fact they'd been struggling, finding it hard. That despite being outwardly successful, confident and happy on their Zoom calls inside, they were really drowning and they hadn't enjoyed lockdown. And yes, there had been benefits, but they found it really hard work. And they had thought they were the only one because just like on social media, where people post their happy photos on a Zoom call, people don't sit there and open up in front of each other in a meeting about struggling emotionally. That's the kind of conversation that would have happened maybe on the walk to or from the meeting room. Or you would just sense it when you sat with someone, you can feel that sixth sense, that energy that something isn't quite right. So these people had got really good at hiding it and they were also hiding it from themselves. And to be there in these smaller groups yesterday in the workshop and actually open up about, well, you're feeling that way too. Well, it's not just me. I'm not crazy. This is normal. Was an absolute breakthrough for them. So when we hide how we're feeling and we try to turn ourselves into robots and pretend that everything is okay, this is the classic bounce back resilience, the pushing on through, the gritted teeth determination, the, okay, the stuff has hit the fan, but I'm going to show everybody I'm okay, or being on your knees at nine o'clock at night because you're still working and being up at six the next morning, bright eyed and sunny, pretending to the world that everything is fine. It eats away at our soul. It damages our mental health. It affects our performance because one of the things the ladies in the workshop realized yesterday is how many of them had been living with chronic stress. So our stress response, the fight, flight, freeze response, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in in a time of stress. That saber-toothed tiger, am I going to fight it? Am I going to run from it? Am I going to be the three-year-old playing hide-and-seek, covering my eyes, pretending I can freeze and hide from it and somehow it won't see me? It fires off adrenaline and cortisol to get us ready to run. That also diverts blood flow from the frontal cortex of the brain that does your brilliant, innovative, creative, problem-solving thinking to the primal part that only cares about you still being alive by lunchtime. The body is designed to survive that fight-flight-freeze state for minutes to hours. And what's been happening in lockdown because of the fear-based stories that are going on, the radical changes in every area of our life even down to how hard it can be to buy the food that you need in a supermarket, is people have been living with the fight, flight, freeze running 24-7 for months. It affects mental health. It affects our ability to concentrate. It affects our performance. When we're being interrupted all the time by children or having to stop to support them through homeschooling and we're still expected to get our full workload done, it's utterly exhausting. And what we're heading for, if we're not careful, is a whole wave of fantastic employees who are totally burnt out. So there are seven secret signs I'd love to share with you today 
on how you can spot whether a member of your team might need some emotional support or practical support. And if they are, it's absolutely vital that they understand there is nothing wrong. They haven't done anything wrong and they are fully supported. And it is not a sign of weakness because we've got this crazy idea in our culture that pushing on through despite the fear, despite the stress, despite the worry, despite the anxiety is somehow a sign of strength. And when I ran the 2019 imposter syndrome study last year, The link to that is in the show notes, clareyosa.com forward slash soul led leaders forward slash zero nine. I found that that stress and anxiety that's caused by imposter syndrome, which is very similar to what people have experienced now, is something they drown out through medication, drugs, addictions and alcohol. And how many memes have we seen on social media about, is it gin o'clock yet? Yeah. So we need to proactively deal with the emotional well-being side of coming out of lockdown, as well as the practical side of how do we fit people back at their desks. So the seven secret signs that a member of your team might need some support are really important. Number one, when they're on a call, really become aware of their posture and their tone of voice. How are they sitting? I mean, it might be their 20th Zoom call of the day, but are they sitting upright? They've got their shoulders back, their heads up, and they look and sound confident? Or are they slouched, turning in on themselves, speaking more quietly or slowly than usual? You know them. What has changed? The way we hold our bodies is directly affected by the thoughts we're thinking and the emotions that we're feeling. So somebody who is confident and happy, you will know in your gut if they're putting on an act or if they're actually genuinely okay. So that is your first secret sign, is the posture, the tone of voice. The second secret sign is, how do they respond to how are you? Now, we have this problem in British culture. How are you? I'm great. I'm fine. I'm sorry. Everybody I love has just died and I've just had my arms chopped off, but I'm fine. It's really important to have space with your team members so you can ask them how they are, And that they understand you actually want the real answer, not the English answer. And listen to what they say and listen to what they don't say. Sign number three is do they still have time for their hobbies? If you know a team member well, you'll know what they used to love doing in evenings and weekends, assuming you're an organisation that permits people to have them. And if you're not, you need to look in the mirror. Do they still have time for those activities? Now, obviously, a lot of them we've not been able to do over lockdown, But when you ask them, what did you get up to this weekend? What do they say? Because one of the things that happens when we're struggling emotionally is we can become absolutely exhausted and we stop doing what we love that used to boost our batteries. So looking at what they've been doing with their hobbies or are they simply so full that they are working all the hours? So this is another warning sign, an extra bonus one in here is how often are they sending you emails too early in the morning or too late at night? Because when people are sending emails at midnight, that means they haven't switched off. This will come at an emotional and physical well-being cost. It will affect their mental health. It will affect their performance. And it's not okay, even in lockdown, for people to have a workload. That means they need to be emailing you long after most people have gone to bed. So the next four warning signs. These come down to the fight, flight, freeze response. These are secret signs that you can spot as a leader in a team member to see whether they might be struggling. So 
I call these the four P's of imposter syndrome and they apply equally to lockdown. These came from my research study and you can read about them in my book, Ditching Imposter Syndrome. There's a link to that in the show notes at clareyosa.com forward slash soul led leaders forward slash zero nine. So the four P's are perfection, procrastination, project paralysis, and people pleasing. So these are the final four of your seven secret warning signs. So let's take them in turn. Perfectionism. What you're not looking for here is someone who's always been a perfectionist, who they come into the office, their clothes are perfect, their nails are perfect, their hair is perfect. It's just how they're wired. You're looking for a change in behaviour. Somebody who is raising their standards so impossibly high, it's almost impossible to achieve them. And if they do, they'll say it was fluke or luck. Now, perfectionism can make somebody snappy, irritable and critical of other people's work. Because when you're holding yourself to perfectionism standards, then you want to hold others to that standard too. And this is particularly important if they are leading a team. They can become really picky with their team members. This is an external sign of an internal stress response. There's a Native American saying that all criticism is born of someone else's pain. If a member of your team has suddenly become critical of others, it's a projection of what's going on for them inside. It means it's a great way of seeing how they are talking to themselves. We project the same words our inner critic uses for us onto others. So that's the warning sign perfectionism is have they suddenly become nitpicky and criticizing their own work in a way that they never previously did. When we look at the fight, flight, freeze response, perfectionism sits with fight. I'm gonna slay that project. I'm going to war with that goal. So the next P, procrastination. This one sits with flight in the fight, flight, freeze response. This is where you're basically running from a project, but it's like you're running around the edges of it. So you're keeping yourself incredibly busy, that busyness type busy, rather than inspired action and breakthroughs kind of busy. You are filling your time with stuff that is slightly less important than that thing that needs to be doing that's potentially scaring and stressing you. So if you notice you've got a team member that suddenly started procrastinating or doing things that weren't key priorities, the chances are, they're running procrastination. And if that's a new habit you're seeing in them, it's an indication of internal stress and struggle. The third P on the fight, flight, freeze response, this is the freeze and it's project paralysis. Is there is a goal that a team member should be working on and they keep telling you with every update, oh yeah, yeah, that's on my list. It's on my list, but they're not making any progress at all. And they might be really, really good at hiding this. This is the rabbit in headlights. And we all know this, we've all done it with deadlines, is you put it off, you put it off, you put it off, suddenly the deadline's looming, you can't move it, and you pretty much use adrenaline and fear to pull an all-nighter to get it done. This is the project paralysis, the freeze response. So if you've got a team member that's showing that, it's a really important secret sign that they might need some emotional support. And sometimes that emotional support can be as simple as a conversation. We're not talking needing therapy here. What I found in the workshop yesterday with these 300 women was how healing it was for them simply to realise it was okay to be feeling this way. It was okay to be thinking this stuff and that there was stuff they could do about it. Yeah, On the workshop, I actually taught them how to turn that self-talk around, how to let go of challenging emotions in under 60 seconds, how to handle the team dynamics of remote working through using empathy so that people didn't get on your nerves in the ways that they sometimes can, yeah? We 
we did so much in 90 minutes. It's amazing what you can achieve. So you're not going to suddenly turn into a therapist by asking these questions. You don't have to have the answers. But sometimes just being heard and realising you're not alone is enough to create breakthroughs. So the fourth P and the final secret sign I want to share with you today is people-pleasing. Now, on the fight-flight-freeze response, this fits with a fairly new category called fawning. And this is a learned response. It's like going up to the saber-toothed tiger and stroking its nose and saying, hey, kitty, 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 you're so beautiful, please don't eat me. But it's actually a really important stress response that so many of us are running. And the 2019 imposter syndrome research study showed this is a real problem. If you want to download the white paper for that, you can do. The link is in the show notes, clareyosa.com forward slash soul led leaders forward slash zero nine. And it gives you a lot more detail on the four P's, including the kind of percentages it's affecting in the workforce day to day, which was quite shocking. Yeah, we're hiding this stuff, but it's there in plain sight. So the people-pleasing, again, you're looking for changes in this behaviour. People-pleasing in a corporate environment often comes up as taking on projects that aren't really yours, going the extra mile to support people, suddenly rearranging your priorities because Fred or Joe in the last meeting said that that project was really important to them and you want to please them. So those four Ps again, you've got perfectionism, procrastination, project paralysis and people-pleasing. So those are the seven secret warning signs. There are others, but that's enough to be going on with. And I'm sure if you look at your teams right now, or even yourself, you might notice that some of these behaviours are indicating that there's stuff going on under the surface that needs a hug, some attention, and potentially some training. Now, one of the other things that came up yesterday in the workshop, and I've run quite a few of these for corporations now over the last few months, was how anxiety levels are increasing now that we're looking at heading out of lockdown. A lot of companies have got on back onto the practical left brain. How do we get people back in the office? How do we arrange the desks? Do we need to put plastic screens up? What are we going to practically do? And then not having the conversations about actually, how do you feel about coming back into the office? Some people are raring to come back in. Others are actually really scared. It might be a fear of, will I catch coronavirus or will I give it to somebody I love? It might be the fact that parents, for example, as I'm recording this in July 2020, we still don't know what the schools are going to be doing in September. And although the UK government has said all schools will be back, they haven't said whether it will be full time. They haven't said whether it will be full days. And they've also said that to us before and it didn't happen. So, A lot of people are freaking out because they don't know what to do about childcare and they simply can't come back in. Others, as I found in a workshop I ran recently, are secretly loving not having to do that daily commute, no longer having to leave the house at half past five in the morning. They don't want to go back to doing that every day and they're scared that this roller coaster that's happening, this momentum of let's get everybody back in without thinking about whether presenteeism is still the right metric to use, They're scared that's going to make them have to go back to how things were, but in a more difficult way, because actually commuting is harder now with the way trains are being run. The people yesterday also talked about the blitz spirit that was there at the beginning of lockdown and how this has waned and how actually people now are just nervous and stressed and exhausted and overwhelmed. And we need to be honouring that and looking at how can we create a return to work journey that allows them to feel safe and empowered and also involved that they have a sense of control and choice over what they do as they return back to the office. There are other challenges that were coming up 
where people who've been furloughed feel that they've missed out and they're behind and they don't know how to catch up because they weren't even allowed to read an email when they were away and they might have several thousand backlog. And similarly, those who've been juggling everything with their work, caring responsibilities and whatever else was happening in their life have been talking very off the record about feeling resentment to those who've been furloughed, who they perceive as just having had a three-month paid holiday. So there is an awful lot we need to also do to rebuild our teams. Some people are going to be back in the office. Others are still going to be working remotely. How do we make sure that those working remotely don't feel disadvantaged and don't feel they're almost being emotionally blackmailed into coming back into the office? They don't sacrifice their career. When we're looking at all of this, as we exit lockdown into whatever the new way of working is going to be, the companies that thrive will be those that recognise their team members are human beings, not human doings. And that means we need to create a wave of change where emotional intelligence is more than just a tick box on a leadership development form. It's a way of living and breathing in our companies. And as leaders, maybe that needs to start with us opening up about how we've been feeling to our teams, because we can't expect our team members to have that conversation with us if we don't feel ready. And it's not okay to be delegating that to the well-being person in HR. As leaders, if we truly want to lead with all of who we are, we need to open up to allow our team members to be able to do that as well. So now you know seven of the secret signs that are warning signs that a team member might need emotional support. As we exit lockdown, it's so important to be able to offer company-wide training on things like natural resilience, on empathy, on how our self-talk affects our emotions, our bodies, our performance, and what we can do about it. It's important to have plans in place to rebuild those teams that were split apart with furloughing and remote working. It's important to acknowledge the emotional journey people have taken and what we need to be able to do to help them to come through that feeling whole, happy and safe. And as I said, this doesn't need to turn into therapy sessions. There is so much we can do to support each other. Once we have the skills, we know which questions to ask and we know which solutions to share. So it could be really useful for you to get some of your in-house coaches trained in how to handle this kind of stuff. That's something I can help you with through my imposter syndrome mentor program. It's a post-grad certified program for coaches. If you want to know about that, it's on the show notes at clareyosa.com forward slash soulledleaders forward slash zero nine and running workshops like the natural resilience workshop, like how to tame your inner critic, like how to get out of the stress cycle can be transformational. And Women's networks seem to run these much more often than any company doing it company-wide, but your male employees will have been struggling too in different ways, and we mustn't leave them behind. And I want to finish off by sharing a quote that one of the attendees at my workshop shared with me yesterday. If we knew each other's secrets, what comforts we would find. That's a quote by John Churton Collins. Now, we don't have to bear our souls We don't have to wash our dirty laundry in public. But if we're a little bit more open about how we're feeling, moving from that human doing to human being, just imagine the comfort and relief we can spread in our teams. This is not about the badge of honour of who's had the worst lockdown. This is not about driving everybody to becoming emotional wrecks. This is about allowing people to stop pretending that everything is okay when we all secretly know it isn't. So we can work together to find a way to thrive again instead of surviving. So your do one thing today is to reconnect emotionally. 
I invite you to reconnect emotionally with yourself and really allow yourself just to spend some quiet time in nature if you can, looking at what has your emotional journey been during, during lockdown and how do you want to make sure you're fully supported as you move beyond that. And look at your teams. What has their emotional journey been and how might you support them to move from surviving to thriving in this next stage of business and living? So I hope you found that useful today. If you have, please let iTunes know, leave a review. It makes such a huge difference. And maybe share this episode with some friends or colleagues if you know anybody who might find it useful. And make sure you have subscribed, that you are on my VIP list at soulledleaders.com so that you catch each episode of the Soul Led Leaders podcast. It's free. It's Monday mornings. You can subscribe however you most love to get your, your podcasts. I can't even say the word anymore. And I hope you found that useful. It was a bump episode. Today was meant to be about how to handle energy vampires. But after the workshop I ran yesterday, it was so important to get this message out there that I wanted to to slide this episode in as an extra because I really hope it will help you as we navigate exiting lockdown. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with the Energy Vampires episode, all about how to handle those people who, when you've spent time with them, they leave you feeling exhausted and drained, but avoiding them isn't an option. They're energy vampires, and it's how to handle that situation without resorting to wooden stakes and necklaces of garlic. I hope you have an amazing week. Show notes, deep dive resources, and access to Claire's inspirational twice-weekly soul-led leaders. Email is available for you at claireyosa.com forward slash soul-led leaders. 